Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life, with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey there, and welcome to the Best Practices in Human Resources podcast. I'm Brenda, the HR lady, and I'd like to thank you for listening to the show. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for returning for another episode. You guys are awesome. And if you are a first-time listener, I am excited to welcome you aboard. I'm here to share with you the what and the how in human resources because I'm in the human business, and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. And today I'm going to share with you, we got poster updates coming into the first episode of the new year of season three. This is our third season doing this series and wow, man, third season. It's just incredible to say. So we got poster updates for you. We've got some employment law changes that are happening across the nation. Uh, today we're going to be talking about people matter with guest Lori Rutterman. And uh, we're going to show you a little bit later how you guys can get into the conversation. And before we go on, folks, that the information available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respects to any particular issue that you may be having. And if you do not have an employment attorney, don't worry. Go ahead and reach out to me, and I may be able to refer one to you through our friends and our uh, pals over at Jackson Lewis. All right, so here we go. Everybody's favorite in January, poster updates. And we got quite a few updates to make. I'm also going to tell you guys which states have updates to minimum wage as well. So get ready. So here we go. If you are in the states of Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Vermont, and Washington State, you all have poster changes. <clears throat> Again, that's Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Vermont, and Washington State, you all have poster changes. Now, most of you guys actually all of everybody, with the exception of Massachusetts, Nevada, do not, those two states do not have minimum wage changes. However, in New Jersey, there's an agricultural minimum wage, wage change. All of the other states that I mentioned in the posters updates, you guys have minimum wages. Now, minimum wage changes. Now, Hang on, <laughs> there's more. There are localities that have minimum wage changes. And I'm going to read those off to you guys right now. 
If you are in Flagstaff, Arizona, Belmont, California, Cupertino, California, Daly City, California, El Cerrito, California, Half Moon Bay, California, Hayward, California, Los Altos, California, Menlo Park, California, Mountain View, California, Novato, California, Oakland, California, Palo Alto, California, Petaluma, California, Redwood, California, Richmond, California, San Carlos, San Diego, San Francisco, oh, no, not San Francisco, excuse me, San, San Carlos and San Diego, California, San Jose, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Santa Rosa, Sonoma, California, South San Francisco, California, and Sunnyvale, California, as well as Denver, Portland, Maine, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Bernalillo, New Mexico, Las Cruces, New Mexico, New York City, Seattle, and SeaTac. Forget New York City. I'm sorry. That was a mistake. You guys all have minimum wage changes. Don't ask me to go through that again. <laughs> so, but in New York City, you do have sick and safe leave that has kicked in. San Francisco, you have HCSO and MCO that has also kicked in. So... How do I know all of this? We find all this information. If you need posters, you need to get these updates in place. Um, I keep my eye on this, but you can actually order these through our pals and our friends over at the Labor Law Compliance Center. That's laborlawcc.com. Use the pass, use the code POSTERS2021 and get 25% off on the purchase of your posters. Now, if it's something that I run into all the time when I do on-site visits with my clients, new clients, older clients, right? You have to have the federal and you have to have the state posters. If you are a federal contractor, you have to have the federal, the state, and the federal contracting posters. You can get all of that at the Labor Law Compliance Center with our, our pals over there. You can also get COVID posters if you need them, additional COVID posters. They've got a wealth of resources. So all of these poster updates and all these minimum changes that are taking place in the various states and cities, those are all included in the posters. That's where you guys can go and, and take care of that and get all that knocked out. Okay. Oh, enough of that. <laughs> all right. Employment law changes and headlines across the nation. I got to be honest with you. It's been a quiet couple of weeks. And honestly, there really hasn't been anything extravagant that's come out. There's a lot of people talking about um, up until recently, you know, the COVID vaccine, should we mandate, should we not mandate? That's been a, a pretty beefy conversation right before the holiday season, but it has been very quiet ever since and for good reason. And that is what's going on this week. And the greatest headline really honestly is the anticipated challenge of the electoral vote that is actually slated for today. Now, I think the U.S. is really holding its breath on a number of different areas and how, and to really understand how this is going to actually play out. And if you'd like to learn more about what to expect, uh, Suzanne Lucas, my partner in crime on the real HR show, she and I spoke on this very t same topic, uh, actually this past week on Monday. So you can watch the episode of the real HR show on YouTube just by Googling the real HR show and it'll pop up. So we've got a lot of really good information out there. Um, and we talk about what we think what would happen <clears throat> if a Biden administration stays. And we also talk about what we think might happen 
or what may happen if a Trump administration stays in place. So everything is to be determined. <laughs> I have never lived in, an, in, in a year where you really couldn't forecast what was happening, especially with this COVID thing. And now we're living going into the next year, same thing. We have no idea what to expect with COVID. We have no idea what to expect right now with this election. And it's anybody's call. So uh, but we're going to give you the best that we can. We don't speak politically, but we do give our impressions uh, based off of what we know. Uh, af having worked within the HR infrastructure and the HR field under both a Republican and a Democratic administration. So we've got that information for you. You're welcome to go ahead and check it out. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations Community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the Special Operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. Folks, we've got Lori Rudiman who is joining us, and we're going to have a very compelling conversation today. I never use that word compelling. Like I always use outrageous and, you know, awesome. I think awesome is the biggest one. So compelling. I'm changing my vernacular going into the new year. Um, a conversation on really employees matter. How are you, ma'am? I am great, all things considered, and really honored to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest. That's well, I'm I'm so glad that you reached out. Thank you. This has been this is great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So it is, it feels like subarctic temperatures here this week. It's it's December, and this this episode is going to come out in January, but uh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's cold here too. Yeah. And it just reaffirms kind of some of the isolation and loneliness that a lot of us feel and I'm ready for summer. And it's still for us here in North Carolina, five months away before we get 80 degree temps again. So yeah. I don't know how I'm going to deal. There's no traveling. My travel was completely slashed with COVID. So I guess I'm just going to have to enjoy learning about this new normal of being cold. Yeah. Well, 
I hear you. Matter of yeah. fact, you know what? At the end of this, I got something to throw at you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick it off, but I, I've got something to throw at you that I think might we might be able to give some people some fun that might be that might be funny. And you tell me what you think about it. But I love it. All right, I'm ready. It'll be a blast. So can you do me a favor? Give people a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do. That'd be sure. great. So thank you. So again, I'm Lori Rudiman and I have worked in human resources in and around it for over 25 years, which is weird. I started out in college as an intern, kind of by accident, and worked in HR through thick and thin through the days of 9-11, the Great Recession, and a little over a decade ago, decided that I wanted to do something new. And I'd always had a passion for writing, creating content. I had been blogging anonymously when I worked at Pfizer, which Mm. is a global pharmaceutical company. And I had almost a million page views a day or a month back then which is a lot even by today's standards, but there weren't a lot of blogs out there. There weren't a lot of people speaking truth to power and talking about what was happening inside of a company. And so I dared myself to exit Pfizer and start to pursue my dream. And so that's what I've done. And in the intervening years, you know, I've been writing, I've been consulting, and now I have a new book that's coming out. It'll be out January 12th called Betting on You. And it's really all about democratizing everything I've learned in the global corporate space and helping employees put themselves first. Nice. Yeah. I think if we really believe that employees matter, we have to teach them how the world of work works realistically yes. and then give them the tools. And that way we can also empower HR professionals to do the things that really move the needle forward and not get stuck in that 1990s way of operating that they have to be stuck in through no fault of their own. So we've got to lift up everybody in order to move everybody forward. That's the premise of betting on you. So a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in the very beginning stages of their career. So there's a lot of people that listen that are roughly about the age of 23 to uh, 27 and then up to 35 and then another demographic 36 to 44. Those are the folks that listen to this. So, I mean, it's it's everybody from the beginning to the middle. Yeah. Um, and then to that 44, 45, you know, is there a life change? I mean, still got quite a few people that listen all the way up until like 65 years of age, but, um, but there's a pretty good chunk of it. So for those who are in the early stages of their career, would you please help everybody understand what you mean by operating in the 1999 (laughs) (laughs) So they understand what that means (laughs) because I can can speak to that firsthand because that was my jam. You know, I'm 45 years old now. I don't feel 45. I think everybody who's 45 says that, but please tell me you feel younger because I'm a little older than you. Yeah. I I don't feel a little older than you. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we're, we're sisters here. So I really believe that back in the day when HR existed, it was just a offset like of operations. And so my first job in HR, even though I was a recruiter was to really like make sure nobody used the fax machine that shouldn't be, right. You know, you could get in trouble if you use the fax machine and you didn't have permission. And that paper was expensive back then. Yeah. And long distance phone calls and like all this stuff that we don't think of now. And time and attendance was all manual. And when, when we talk about paper resumes, which still exists today, uh, we were really in the throes of stacks of paper. And what do you do with it? How long do you hang on to it? Where do you send it? You used to send it to this place called Iron Mountain, right? I mean, it was just stupid (laughs) stuff that had an organizational need 
that no longer exists. And for good reason, because we've automated a lot of this. Yeah. But in many organizations today, fax machines still exist because at universities, they don't have the money to upgrade their technology or in healthcare, they still use faxes for a lot of reasons. Dentist's office, my vet uses a fax machine. Yeah. I mean, there are real reasons why people don't invest in automation and technology. And even if you're young, you may walk into a work environment where you feel like, oh my God, my parents could have worked here. And what got me through those early days when I had a vision of what I thought HR should be and it wasn't, was the fact that I was paying my student loans off. Uh. I felt so good. And I think we forget, especially when we're young, that there is something really noble about taking care of your obligations in this world. You may not be doing the thing you've been put on this earth to do just yet. Don't lose sight of that, but take comfort in the fact that you're really making a difference when you can take care of yourself, when you can contribute to your family's expenses and pay some of that off, when you can cover your own monthly expenses. There's something really great about that. And I just don't think we talk about that enough with the yeah. younger generation. That is awesome. I love that. <clears throat> yeah. 1999. I remember the big, uh, the big scare of Y2K. Oh. And if and if those of you don't know what Y2K was, is that um, our dating systems when when creator when computers were created, the uh, the digital engineers of the day uh, didn't count on 2000. Actually, I don't know if they just didn't think about it or what. <clears throat> but when 2000 rolled around, they realized that none of the computer programs nor the computer systems were capable of changing the date to January 1st, 2000. And so, the, I mean, everything, every computer system in the country and in the world did not have this capability. And that's hard to imagine, but it didn't. And so it was a whole year of the media going, you know, like, we're all going to die, you know, planes are going <laughs> to fall out of the sky and it is ridiculousness, right? And everybody, and there was a serious freak out over it. And it yeah. was funny because, my grandfather had passed away. I actually had to fly on January 1st of 2000 to go to his funeral. He passed away on the 28th of December, right at the, on the same day. No, it wasn't. No, it was like the 29th. It was like, yeah, something like that. The 29th or the 30th. It was it's something. Anyway, I was on the phone listening. I was a, I was a store manager at the time um, with a women's retail clothing, uh, listening to them telling the president, telling all of us across the nation that the company is now going into chapter 13 bankruptcy and we're not making it and we're all losing our jobs. And so, uh, and then on the other line, I hear people going, uh, yeah, your dad's on the phone, which never happens. So oh. I knew it was important. So I had to jump off that call to find out that my grandfather died to jump on, to find out that we're losing our jobs. So I was on a plane to back to Hawaii for his funeral on January 1st, 2000 on Y2K and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad happened. How the calendar just thought it was 1900 again and it yes. was just fine. Yes. VCRs, which were a thing worked. Um, yeah. Car radios still worked. The clock yeah, in your car still worked. The microwave was fine. I mean, it was all okay. But yeah, my grandmother was hoarding food in anticipation of like, I don't know, maybe she was early to COVID. I'm not sure, but you know, had the toilet paper, paper, had the paper towels and she just yeah. had extras for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, it, we just, we didn't know. I mean, it was no, like, we we're didn't. all going to jump backwards into, you know, 
1900s and Jennifer Lopez and (laughs) oh my gosh. Um, So yeah, so those early days of working in HR for me um, were, were very instructive and informative. And when I go out and I speak to emerging HR professionals and I hear them talk about some of those same issues around technology being old and outdated or people just thinking you have to pay your dues. No idea. There's just something about the cycle of life that makes that happen. But if you know who you are and you know why you work and you know why you exist in this world, you can let a lot of that stuff roll off your back because you have a point and your point is bigger than this one job. Right. And you know, what's really awesome is that because you can remember this. So between 1999 and literally it kind of started creeping about 2003 is I think when the big blossoms kind of started to happen, where we really got away from being a personnel department. And, and I think really in 2003 is when progressive HR really kind of came into fruition. And we started seeing things like a, um, you know, pre-employment uh, testing, right. Assessments where we were looking, these assessments were designed for a company fit. <clears throat> and, you know, we were looking at, we had, we had family medical leave act that. Yes. Sh- yeah. Absolutely. And all of a sudden it came, it went from making sure that we were being the grim reaper and giving out pink, pink slips to, well, you know, how many of us are actually telling our employees that, Hey, listen, if you have to go out on maternity leave, you now have this job protection. And it was, I think FMLA kind of carved some of that and that change in the behavior that we needed to inform people that job protection was in place where it wasn't before no, when it came not. to leaves. And so, you know, and then Sherm really, you know, did a big push on, you know, it's not about, it's not just about punching time cards and labor audits and whatever it was. It's now more about how do you, how do you build up how do you build up your human capital so that way it impacts your bottom line? And I think I remember that's when the first conversations really started to happen. Yeah, there's this old professor. He's not old. I, that's a terrible word, but a seasoned professor out of University of Michigan. That everybody's heard of tenured. Yes, his name is Dave Ulrich. And Dave um, was really early to this idea of HR being cultural stewards, whatever that means. Now we know that culture can mean bias. It can mean discrimination, but it, The intent was to say, if your people are not operating at their optimal capacity, if they're not happy, they're not engaged, there's going to be no profit and no revenue. So it was really an early indication of conscious capitalism. So he started talking about that and how HR could be stewards of that, how HR could make that happen. And I remember being a young HR professional in the early 2000s and thinking, boy, I can really make a difference. I went and got certified. I really started to get involved in SHRM and HRCI. And I really thought, you know, I've had a rough go of it these past couple of years, but I think there's something there. And that took me well through 2008. And I thought, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to make an effort. And then around 2008 with the Great Recession, I thought it's not me, not inside of a company. If I'm going to fix work, which I think is my life's passion, I'm going to have to do it from the outside in. And I think there are a lot of people in your audience, Brenda, who may be at that crossroads in their career. They think I've just done all that I can and I don't know that I can do any more in this job. And that can be a lonely and scary place to be. I don't know. You've probably felt that in your own career. No. Yeah. I mean, very much so. I mean, I've always, I've always personally challenged myself to the next level. I mean, I've even taken on jobs. It's like, yeah, 
I'm not qualified to do this one. In fact, now that I look back, it's like, yeah, you were. And it was just, you know, I didn't, you know, life is a constant, is a constant process of continuing to open your aperture because you can open your aperture till you get to the next level. Yeah. And then once you get to the next level, it's instantly closed because that's how human beings think. We're closed-minded individuals. We're, we are not by nature wired to be Mary Poppins fluffy wide open, right? It's just, <laughs> no, this just not. not who we are. And, and, and if you don't believe me, I, I will be happy to challenge you. I, I got a great exercise that will challenge that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And, and yeah. it actually proves it. But um, so we're constantly having to reopen our aperture when we get into something new, which puts us in our outside of our comfort zone of what we know. And, but you know what, that's where the learning takes place. And mm-hmm. when you put yourself out onto the skinny branches like that, that's where you get the fruit. That's well said. You know, there's this other thing that happens though, when people finally get that job that they've been vying for that thing in their life that they want, they get married, they get to, they buy a home, they get to that next level and it's called arrival fallacy. And this is so very common. You, yes. get there and you think, is that all there is? And it takes a monumental shift in thinking to yes. see the opportunity. But for some people, that is all there is that you get there, you get that CMO or CHRO job or yep. of HR. And you're like, oh, this isn't what I envisioned. And that's because you haven't done the work on yourself to find other things in your life that also make you happy. If that one thing you're pursuing is the only thing that's there, it's always going to disappoint you. And I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was younger, because I always vied for that next thing. I always put myself out there and I got it. And I'm like, oh, this thing sucks (laughs) or it's not as great as I envisioned. And that's because I didn't have good relationships with my family or enough time away with my friends, or I wasn't taking enough PTO. There were a lot of reasons, but arrival fallacy is something that once I understood it, I thought it's not the fault of this job. It's not the fault of this life event. It's the fault of me that I put too much importance on one single thing. So that's something that spoke to me in my like late twenties, early thirties, because no matter the job I got in corporate HR, it was not going to satisfy me. I had to do other things like write and speak and spend time with my family and work on my well-being. Once I kind of did all of that, it carried over to my career, not the other way around. Right. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I kind of, I had a brush with that kind of ish, um, in 2018. Um, so, you know, my family's from Hawaii. Now, if you look at me, people go, oh yeah, I see it. And it's like, I'm not even remotely close to being Polynesian, but I can get away with it. Um, so, you know, my, my hometown is up in Pennsylvania. My second hometown is in Kailua, Hawaii, over on the main island of Oahu. And um, I hadn't been back since 2008. I actually went there on a trip before the crash of the recession. And um, I went back for the first time in 10 years. And I went back in 2018. And I made the promise when I left in 2008, because I was actually considering moving back over. I left with the promise that you know what, I'm going to return and I'm going to return and I'm going to take a first class round trip out to Hawaii. That's, and I made that commitment to myself, got my VP position in HR. And I did exactly that 10 years later on the way back. I'm sitting in first class, loving every second of it. And I'm looking out the window and I mean, like literally I needed to go to the chiropractor the next day because I was just like my 
face just craning into the window because I wanted to just I, I didn't want to let go of seeing the islands when we flew away. Yeah. And um, that's lovely. Oh, it was great. And then as soon as that I couldn't see the rest of the islands, I stopped and I went. I, I'm I did it. This is cool. You did. Yeah. Then, now what? You know, I didn't have another level to shoot for. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't have another level to shoot for. And so I actually wound up leaving that job for a couple of different reasons. And, you know, this, this podcast actually is three years old now. And, uh, and this is exactly what I started working on. So that's terrific. I have a business coach by the name of Jesse Itzler. And um, he wrote a book about living with a Navy SEAL for 30 days that I would highly recommend. I've read that. Oh yeah. Living with, living with, that's awesome. yeah. Yeah. So he's my business coach and he always tells that's me, you're only awesome. as, yeah, you're only as good as the last thing you've done. Yep. He's absolutely. right. And so if you're constantly looking back, it means that you're not growing, you're not moving forward. So for me, you know, in writing this book, this is something I've wanted to do for a very long time. So I did it, but I finished it like a year ago. And then it takes that long to get a book out, especially in COVID. So I've already started working on my next book, right? You're only as good as the last thing you've done. And I've come to believe that's true. The only way to live life is to look forward, like be proud of your accomplishments. It's a terrific story about being able to go back to Hawaii. That must've felt so great. But where are you going to go next with that first class ticket, right? <laughs> you want to go somewhere big, or maybe maybe you want to expand your podcast and whatever it is. I'm rooting for you because I think I'm, that's so cool. Thank you. I'm going to Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I'm yeah. I'm jealous and I'm encouraged <laughs> by it. So actually, you know what I did is um I. It was funny because I was listening to a Steve Harvey interview, where you go with this next. And, and you know what? These are great takeaways. Even though we're kind of talking about our experiences, these are great takeaways that you can coach your own people on. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I mean, a lot of this podcast is dedicated to HR in general, but these are great things. And, um, you know, I've always, I, when I when I finally read the book, The Secret, and then watched the, the movie, I understood that, yeah, I can see how your thoughts are your actions. Your thoughts become reality. And so I was listening to Steve Harvey one day uh, and great, incredible motivational speaker. And one of the things that he did is that he actually sat down and he, you know, does his vision boards and whatnot. And and I do the same thing. But what he did one day is that he one day it took a little while. He actually wrote a list of 300 things that he wants for himself in his life. And I did it. It took me six weeks to do. And of course, me being the overachiever that I am. I did, um, I think like 330 things or something like that. Let me tell you, it's a hard list to come up with, but like what's on your list. We don't have enough time, (laughs) but it's Tahiti. Yeah. Besides Tahiti. Right. Um, no, it's just, you know, what do I want in a relationship and what do I want with my friends and, you know, tangible things. And like, I want a new car. I actually need a new car. You know, it's just, I'm getting to that, you know, car gets to a point where it's just, oh, I think mine is like 109,000 miles. It's eight years old. It's great, but I know what's going to happen. So might as well call that to fruition. Right. But I think that's the thing too, is that, you know, people don't understand is that when they're looking for their next opportunity, and this is a really great thing for HR, you know, our HR pros and champions to take away. And that is, you know, help people call their future into fruition. 
by help them, by helping them get very clear on what it is that they want and help them figure out how to move forward in getting it. I love that. I love that. You know, no success is accidental. Nope. A lot of people say, oh, I lucked into this. I lucked into that. And then when you look at their history of behaviors, that's very rarely accurate. Most people who are successful in this world have a plan. Maybe that plan took them a couple different corkscrew ways, but they had a work ethic. They were intentional. They had values that they have identified yeah. or at least knew close to their heart. Nobody who is a CEO or a CHRO or a VP of anything just up and winged it. That doesn't happen. And yet so many of us without thinking up and wing our lives, right? We end up in relationships. We end up in jobs. We end up working for people we don't respect. And we're like victims of circumstance. But as long as you wake up and breathe, you can change your life. I've lived it. I've done it. I've said, this isn't going the way I envision. And I may not be able to fix it today or tomorrow, but eventually I can quit. I can move on. I can change my circumstances, but it all starts with Brenda, your lovely example of writing down what you want for your life. I mean, if more HR professionals did that mm -hmm. and fixed their own employee experience, it would have a ripple effect for the entire workforce. But instead yeah. we often act like we float above the workforce, like we're consultants in some weird dystopian way. And we say, we're going to fix it for other people. If we fixed like uh, maternal leave for ourselves, we would fix it for the entire organization. If we looked yeah. at healthcare policy for us, for the things we need, that would yeah. cascade down to the entire enterprise. So I just think that list is so wise and so smart. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, you can sit down and write a list of things that you want for you. Just sit down and write a list of 30 things that you want for your company. And you know what? You can use that as a list of recommendations to sit and take to your CEO or whoever your leader is. I mean, not everybody that listens to this is, you know, has a CEO as their super, you know, direct supervisor. Right, of course. Yeah. But, you know, what's wrong with coming back and saying, hey, listen, I got some ideas I'd really like to talk about, but make sure that when you pitch them, <laughs> that you have a really good idea of what's, a, what's required to the make roadmap. those things move forward. And, and, and we hear this guy, you know, cause we've heard this every time we get our certification, right? Every time we get our renewal, if we have to take a new certification test and it's always about aligning company objective, aligning your HR actions to the company objectives. If you do that, you're going to get the attention of the CEO. That is really well said. And I also think sometimes we want to do 50 things because they need to be done. And yes, they all are aligned with company objectives, but pick your best one. Yeah. Or pick one that's really easy to nail, nail it super well and build the confidence for that next thing, right? Don't yep. shoot for the moon, shoot for 50 feet in front of you and do it really well and knock the socks off of everybody. I wish I would have known that even, even just a couple of years ago. <laughs> Instead, I always had these really big plans and it's like, all right, Rome was not built in a day. We got we to gotta get there through baby steps. So yeah, I love where this is going. Um, Makes me think, had I had a podcast like this or others when I was working in HR, and I say this all the time, had I had friends who were progressive like me, if I had a community, I would still be working directly in the trenches, but I didn't have that. And that's really the beauty of the past 10 years of social media, digital communities, podcasting. You can connect with people and you don't have to feel alone, especially if you're a one man or a one woman HR shop. Yeah, exactly. Matter of fact, we connected, we did something really kind of unique. This is what I was going to bring up earlier. 
and then we'll go ahead and start wrapping up. But um, <clears throat> so I got involved in a fun project. I am the voice of Lydia. <laughs> And because of my super duper, you know, smashing microphone and apparently somebody liked my voice, but I'm actually the voice of Lydia in a company called Haunted Adventure Tours. And they do virtual, um, virtual ghost tours that you can take on an app. And so I'm, I'm the voice of the narrator and, uh, and I am the character Lydia, which is actually kind of fun. And, um, yeah. So I, you know, I sound like this and I just, yeah, (laughs) yeah, my Lydia voice. And so, um, but uh, what's kind of cool about it is that, you know, I took that and one of the things that I have been getting a lot of questions on is like, how do we keep our teams cohesive? You know, cohesion, cohesion right now is huge, as you well know. And, you know, business continuity is a concern, has been all year long. It will be continue to be a concern going into uh, 21. Yeah. And so I actually created a free um a free team building event that has a facilitator's guide. It has a virtual scavenger hunt and it has a recall mission sheet. It's like a trivia sheet that involves 70 questions from the Peters, the investigate ghosts of Petersburg tour. And so they can download it. They can download the junket app. They can look for it. It's only nine bucks a, a tour and employees actually have access to it for a week. So that way they can actually go home and share it with their friends and their family. Right. And so they can all do this tour virtually, or they, you know, if they're close enough, they can go to Petersburg and actually get completely creeped out in person and live. <laughs> and then there's no, and there's no contact with anybody. And that's, that's the, you sit in your car and you drive around or you can walk or, you know, it's a combination of the both. Actually, it's actually a lot of fun. And they, they can do this team building event. So there's an icebreaker and then there's two events that they can actually choose from that go back to, you know, what the conversation is. And there's so many companies. I didn't even realize that when I did this, how many companies are now have trying to come up and sell team building events for businesses. And I don't honestly know how successful they're being, but this is a very easy thing that any company of any size and any team can actually execute. So what do you think about fun stuff like that? Well, I love fun stuff. I don't love forced fun. And so I think that's the fine line that companies are going to have to walk. But I love the idea of people coming together and doing something silly outside of work that takes their mind off of their jobs, but yet creates connection and community. So I'm all for that. I think it's brilliant. And also it's a nice take on like ghost tours, which are super, super popular. So I love that. I went to Savannah. Well, I've been to Savannah a million times, but went to Savannah a couple of years ago. And my husband and I just watched throngs of people take the ghost tours there. And we're like, there is something there. So I love it. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. So we did that. So if, so if you're listening now, I'll tell you how to get it. Um, you can actually go on to uh, Brenda, the, or it's actually bestpractices.work or Brenda, the HR lady.com click on connect up at the top and then submit your information, but check the box. It says team building. And then you can go, it'll give you an email with a link to go ahead and download the facilitators guide and, and the other two exercises. And it, it is, it's a lot of fun. So hmm. yeah, it's, it's that's an great. absolute blast. So, and, and you know what, $9 a head, that's, that's very affordable. Oh my goodness. You can't do anything for $9 a head. So this is no. really 
value. I love it. Yeah, Good absolutely. Job. You can't even buy a printer for, you know, <laughs> for the amount of, for the amount that you would pay for your whole team to take this tour. So, and but then, maybe you know, a fax machine, maybe you can get a fax. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, you might be able to like Goodwill or something, but yeah. But I mean, you know, the thing is that at the end, then, um, then, you know, look, you can buy X number of gas cards or, you know, coffee cards or gift cards or something like that to the winning team. And, and then they get a boost and, you know, that, that goes a long way or, you know what, order lunch for everybody and have it delivered to their home while you're doing the facilitation piece, right. When you're actually doing it and, you know, let them, let them have something to eat on the company. I mean, there's so many, there's so many really easy, inexpensive things that you can do that make huge difference and get a lot of mileage out of it. So really smart, a little recognition and a little reward goes goes a long way. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. So Lori, how can people find you? Sure. Um, a couple ways. One, they can just go to Amazon and type in betting on you and my book will be available. It's available everywhere you get books, but we all know that 75% of book sales are on Amazon. So we'll just admit that. Um, they can also find me at my podcast, Punk Rock HR, and just go to punkrockhr.com. And Brenda, we're going to have you on as a guest. Yes. So excited. We can talk more about ghost tours and employee <laughs> engagement and all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. So (laughs) here we are 2021 and you know what? COVID is not going in. In fact, it turns out just exactly what we had forecasted when all of this came out 10 months ago was that there's likely going to be another strand and it looks like that's happening. And it is more important now than ever that you guys take care of yourself. It's winter. Uh, the seasons have changed. The cold is impacting us. Rates, you know, the COVID rates are going up, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, the statistics are continuing to increase. And, you know, like I'll share with you guys, majority of my family right now has COVID. <clears throat> my sister has five daughters and one of them has a boyfriend and out of the five daughters, all but one actually has it because she spent time somewhere else. So, uh, and then both my parents have been exposed. So it's pretty crazy stuff out there. And thankfully I have not been impacted by this. And part of the reason is because I have been absolutely jacking my system <laughs> with as much positive juju as possible. And I focus on getting rest. I eat well. And I really make sure that I take a couple of things that I'm going to share with you guys. And you you guys hear this time and time again, but I'm telling you right now, I barely have any challenges when it comes, when when I do better with my health. And um, it starts off with MASF, and that is uh, a brand. And they take MASF multi, which is a plant-based multivitamin. And what I love about it the most is that it does not cramp my stomach, which is a problem that I have when I take vitamins. If it if I get stomach cramps from take from taking a vitamin, I can't take the vitamin. I do not have that problem with this. Then I take Naked Warrior Recovery Immunity Booster. So our pal Will who came on the show a little while ago, I take his immunity booster, and it's awesome. And I take that at night <clears throat> now. 
Throughout the day, I now take the True Lean Immunity Shot, and it is a wellness shot. And basically what it is, it's made out of citrus, turmeric, and ginger. And it comes in a little packet. You put it in water. <clears throat> you sneeze a little bit because it does have uh, cayenne and black pepper in it. You can't avoid it. <laughs> but it, it tastes really, really good. I like the flavor of it. And it also gives you a big boost of B12. So it helps me get through my afternoon slump, which usually hits around about 2 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon is when I hit a wall. Then I take um, MASF Smashing Greens. And basically what I've been doing is I've been replacing one meal a day with this. Two if I'm really fasting. And um, love the stuff. Then uh, I have... Again, Will's product line, Naked Warrior Recovery Super Greens, which is not as uh, a dense nutrients as the Smashing Greens are, but it's a little bit lighter and it has a different flavor to it. And so I get to use that if I get a snacky urge or something like that. So um, I don't get paid for promoting any of these things. These are just healthy things that I use that, you know, if I find something that I like, I share it. It's been like that my whole life. <clears throat> but if you want to learn more about these, definitely follow my social media platform where I periodically share information on how you can jump in and do that. But just absolutely fantastic. And um, it's awesome. So it, it's, it's over. 2020, it's over. I had a friend of mine tell me the other day that 2020 was hindsight, and I just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I thought it was so campy and corny. It was well Whitley timed, too. But it still feels like last year and it still feels like March <clears throat> when the coronavirus arrived. And and I, I really think that we've been talking about three things all last year, how to deal with COVID, the PPP and leave pay. And that's it. That's all we've been talking about. And except for the back end of the year, we're talking about election stuff. Right. But we know that there's so much more. And that has to happen in spite of a pandemic and in spite of crisis that impacts our business. And we still have to adhere to all the compliance things that come up with a strategy in order to get it done. January 21st, 1 p.m., we are launching our new HR Compliance and Strategy Mastermind. And you might be wondering, well, what is a mastermind? Well, it was a phrase that was actually coined up by Napoleon Hill, and it's a group of people who come together with a common set of objectives and work to achieve great success. And it's an awesome program. I just got done beta testing it, and it's really, really great. And we're going to spend the next 12 months participating in four quarterly mega sessions with a weekly Q&A session where we walk through a full year of compliance requirements, and I share with you how to implement them through an HR strategy. So we're going to do a deep dive and move into the tactical side of HR that will help you create your strategy on accomplishing your compliance requirements. Now, a little while ago, December 30th, we did a, a sit-in session. And if you would like to get access to that sit-in session, because we're going to do another virtual session of it, it's the pre-recorded session. You can go ahead and sign up for the webinar. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to DM me or instant message me on any of my social platforms, and I will get you the link to that. I'd be happy to do that, okay? Uh, but I'm sending out, uh, I've sent out the invitations. We had a great time. We had a number of people ask a lot of questions about it. It was it got a lot of really good feedback on it. So if you'd like to get in on that, then make sure you go ahead and do that. Jump in on my mailing list as well. But most importantly, because you'll get some other information on the mailing list, but most importantly, DM me or instant message me on any of my social platforms and I will get you the link to the sit-in session. So it is based off of 
we're going to be utilizing, I just say it's based off of, but we're really going to do a deep dive based off of the information that's in the HR planner. Now, it, we're almost completely sold out, literally. We only have a couple copies. We've got a reprint order that is going to be coming in. It's still the beginning of the year. So if you'd like to take advantage of getting that head start on the new year, you can get ahead by ordering your copy and go ahead and just put that through, start marketing it up and getting ready for January, okay? You're going to want that if you're jumping into the HR compliance and strategy mastermind. Now, if you don't think that the mastermind is for you, that's fine. Just use the planner, okay? The planner will actually guide you through. But if you really want to invest in yourself and understand what it is that you're expected to do, and in addition to that, by the time we get done with the mastermind, you would have put together your own HR strategy that you can take and carry into 2022. This is the this is the investment to make for yourself because that's what 2021 should be all about. 2020 was all about frantic and panic, right? 2021 should be about you, your your mindset, collected and moving forward, invested in your future. All right, love to have you guys on board. Uh, you you know I would enjoy having y'all. All right, so. Your each of your questions, I got an awesome question that, that I found. I didn't, this didn't come to me, this one I actually found. And this loops back to what we were talking about last week, right? So you remember in the last session that we talked about is improving the quality of your questions. Because if you improve the quality of your core, core questions, you improve the quality of your actions, right? So here's what I found. It says, what can I do if my predecessor approved an FMLA that clearly the person was not eligible for and she's taking advantage of it too? How can I legally correct this? That is a vague, 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 huge question to put out on a social platform where you're only going to get micro fragments of what the person thinks. And not once in that chain did I see anybody ask a question or offer to say, hey, listen, why don't we jump on a call and, or jump on instant messenger or something like that? And I'll be more than happy to walk through that with you. Everybody's giving little tiny snippets of an answer. Not good enough. First off, what state are you in? Is the employee full-time or part-time? Is the company even required to adhere to FMLA? What about where you're in California? Will CAFRA kick in? Has the person been receiving short-term disability? I mean, there's so many different things, right? And this is a perfect example, perfect example of what you have to be mindful for, okay? This is a not a quality question to put out inside of a chat room or an open format like a Facebook group or something like that, especially one that's not that's not moderated. It's dangerous. And if and a lot of people believe it or not, will take that information and run with it. Now, some people will put stuff out to get ideas. Yeah, absolutely agree, but I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. And that's what you guys have to watch out. Not to mention, she's asking the question, how can I legally correct this? Well, if you want to know how to legally correct something, you need to talk to your unemployment attorney. And that one person actually mentioned that. They're just telling her what they can do, how to recertify the person. No, 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 no. When you've got a mistake, like paid job leave, which is what FMLA provides, you need to put an appropriate legal strategy in place because one, the employee can come back and lay down a claim of retaliation and guess where the burden of proof, burden of evidence falls on? Not the employee, you. 
and that all be depends on the case, but more than often than not, the employer is the one that's going to have to defend their position. It is the employer's mistake. It is absolutely the employer's mistake if this is what happened. Now the employer's got to figure out how to clean it up. Okay. It also sets precedence. Now, even though it was a mistake, it still sets precedence. So there's a lot of there's a lot of wigginess involved here. All right. You need to get a legal strategy in place with your employment attorney, and it has to be a strong, defensible case. If it's not a, a strong, defensible position, then your employment attorney is going to say, well, here's how, here's how we deal with it. Here's the dice that's going to roll. Let's hope it doesn't come up seven. And, um, you know, here's the kind of conversation that you guys should be having. So that's a really great example. And you know I love your, your HR questions. I absolutely love answering these. You can go ahead and submit your question if you have one at the brendathehlady.com website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu. And down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your question, which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode. And actually today, this is so cool. This episode comes out on, on the 6th. Today is a very special day. It's awesome. It is the one-year anniversary of the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook community, and I'm so excited about it. This is an awesome group of people. Um, we've got almost 300 people in there now in a year, which is really fantastic. Um, they're good people. They're hardworking people. I've watched them really tackle a lot of the challenges of the year. And you know what? They've done a fantastic job, an absolutely fantastic job. So here's what I am offering. It is a 24-hour offer only. So if you're listening to this podcast after January 6th, I'm very sorry. But we have, when, when I launched this community a year ago, I launched it alongside a, a portal in, on my website that offered and provided information for HR pros and champions to gain access to in order to fulfill a job. Well, over time, I got an opportunity to collect a bunch of feedback and have made improvements to it. And the best addition and change that we made to this site is an area where you can go in and get HR news that is updated automatically and streaming in, not just for topics such as changing employment laws, EEOC, OSHA, COVID updates, um, you know, stuff for federal contractors, government contractors. But we also have feeds coming in for almost all of the 50 states. We're still looking for a couple of them, but it, it gives you state updates and it's just absolutely fantastic. And it's all bundled up in one area. It also has an area where you'll be able to download tools. You'll be able to go ahead and watch videos and uh, access case law information. And it's just really, you know what? We just really wanted to make this an amazing tool for 2021. Now, here's the thing. It has always been a $9 a month tool. That's less than three cups of coffee a month. But for today only, and this offer will expire at midnight. I promise you it will. And it won't be repeated. This is, if you use the code resource 2021 that's resource 2021 all day today up through midnight january 6th 
you can actually get access to this site for 50% off. And the reason why I'm doing this is because there have been so many people who have been using this. And the biggest piece of feedback that I get is that when they, when they have to back out or they email me and they say, I really want to stay, but you know what? It's cost. Look, I'm going to make it affordable for you guys. So 50% off January 6th, all day on our anniversary date, use the code resource 2021 and you'll be able to get access to this and you're going to get real time information which is just absolutely fantastic so that is the the resource site if you go to brenda the hr lady.com you go down just a little bit you go underneath the access to the hr leadership course that i have which is free and by the way i encourage you to take it but go down a little bit and you'll see a line of images and you'll see hr resource site over on the right hand side click the link go ahead and register like I said, 50% off, less than three cups of coffee a week for a monthly subscription. And now you're getting at 50% off, not just for this month, but you're going to do that for the entire year, 12 months from January all the way into December, 50% off the entire year. My gosh, that's an amazing deal. All right, gang. So that is that. If you guys want to go ahead and follow me, um, by all means, jump in on the conversation. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now Clubhouse. I love Clubhouse. Holy cow. You can find me at Brenda the HR Lady. You can also find me on LinkedIn just using my name, which is Brenda Neckbottle, and that's spelled N-E-C-K, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. And I co-host, like I mentioned earlier in the show, another episode, another show with the real called The Real HR Show with the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. And lastly, you can jump on the website at brendathehrlady.com where you can connect with me directly. Simply visit uh, the website, click on connect at the top, and you can get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. And you know what, folks? As an anniversary present, if you guys have been listening for a while and you really like the show, please do me a favor. Hop over to Apple Podcasts or to Stitcher and leave a five-star review. And I really, truly appreciate it. Guys, look, Happy New Year. Let's make 2021 your year. We'll talk to you guys later.